Turks. Uh, joining me now is Joshua Collins. He's running in Washington's 10th district, or maybe he's trucking in uh, Washington's 10th district because he's a truck driver and uh, he's running for uh, office. Uh, so, Joshua, welcome back. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going, Jink? Good. Are you in your rig right now? Uh, yeah, I'm in the truck right now. So. Oh, that's so badass. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how old are you, Joshua? I'm 26, uh, just turned 26, um, and I'll be 27 by the time I defeat Denny Heck and I'm elected. So. All right, uh, so I'm gonna get to Denny Heck in a second. He's a Democrat, and uh, so yeah. are you, it's a primary. Um, I hear he votes yes on gay rights. Wow, very, very impressive. Uh, so that's a good vote, uh, but uh, not so much on other issues. But okay, so you're driving your uh, truck around the country because that's your job. Uh, how does it occur to you to run uh, for Congress back in your home district in Washington? Well, the representative, I, the representative I have is just so conservative, and we live in one of the most progressive districts in the country. Uh, and quite frankly, I've been in his office over the Green New Deal. He's not going to support it. He said flat out, he's never going to support Medicare for all. Uh, he's endorsed Republicans, campaigns for Republicans. The guy has to go. So, yeah. Um, but does he really take any uh, money from, for example, the oil and gas industry? Yeah. So he takes money from anyone who will give it, and only uh, 0.9% of his uh, donations come from small donors. But well, look, if he keeps really reaching out to the average American in his district, he might get all the way up to 1% that's small donors. So we have room to hope. <laughs> I have the numbers here in front of me. He takes $104,000 from the energy and natural resource sector that includes oil and gas companies. But I'm sure the $104,000 had nothing to do with the fact that he'll vote no on Green New Deal. Nothing at all. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it's blatant corruption and we're... We're living in a moment when we have. This is our last chance to stop climate change. You know, the whole planet is basically hinging on what we do right now, and we can't afford to have you know weak and cowardly Democrats who won't even fight for the bare minimum to save the human race. So. Yes, but I mean. Representative, heck, he's such a good Democrat. Pelosi and all leadership support him. So he wouldn't do anything like trying to make sure that we don't protect forests, would he? Especially coming from Washington's 10th district? No, he he's um, too busy uh, focusing on Russiagate. That's his entire thing. Um, whenever he gets pushed on any issue, he says that, hey, I'm too busy uh, dealing with Russia and trying to get uh, Donald Trump on Russia, and that's any questions he's asked, whether it's uh, about the environment, about Medicare for all, anything, he will uh, completely sidestep it and move to Russia. Um, just so you all know, he voted to uh, axe rules protecting forests from logging. So I'm, yeah. I mean, we got to we got to do some yeah. logging, right? And do and he wanted to uh, increase natural gas exports. Of course, he did, but again. Mm -hmm. Really, it has nothing to do with the hundred and four thousand dollars he took from the industry. He also, by the way, I took think it does. yeah another hundred and eighteen thousand dollars from agribusiness. But uh, let's talk about Medicare for all because I hear he's a good Democrat, so he's going to fight for everybody to get health care. He's in favor of Medicare for all, right? 
Uh, no, the last time he was asked about it at a town hall, he started ranting about communism in Russia. So he has no interest in it. He flat out said he will not support it. And when he was pushed on it by an activist, he, you know, borderline assaulted her. He grabbed her by the shoulders and got angry. And this guy is, he's a bad person and a bad Democrat. And quite frankly, I don't know what else to say. If, if you get angry because people are begging you to support giving them health care, then I don't know what to do with you. Like, you just gotta go. So, but Joshua, they say, you know, you're young and inexperienced. If you were experienced, you would know that taking $494,000 from the healthcare industry would lead to you not liking Medicare for all. So now do you see the error of your ways that you need to gain experience in taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from the industry to be a good Democrat? Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I've personally uh, dealt with uh, issues with the healthcare industry and you know, Denny Heck's been in office for about 40 years. Uh, he took a little break to, you know, make some money, but, um, you know, he's been a politician for the last 40 years. And they think just because he's been in politics so long that he knows politics better than we do. He thinks just because I, I turn a, a, a wheel for a living or someone else is a nurse or whatever, they think we're stupid. They think we don't know how to do what they do. And quite frankly, they're just wrong. We are just as capable of governing as they are. No, you're way more capable because you don't take corporate PAC money. Exactly. So you're not gonna take half a million dollars to sell your soul. But I'm sorry, Danny Heck's such a good colleague of a lot of the other Democrats. He votes yes on gay rights. Oh, is he not merciful? He votes the right way on one issue, and yet you're still haranguing him for healthcare. So I heard that you had a story that when you were driving around in Kentucky, you got a medical issue. and. Tell us a little bit about that. What was it? What happened? Oh yeah, they wrote about that in the Huffington Post, I think. Um, so, being a truck driver, you don't really have a lot of options for healthcare, and usually your health insurance only covers certain areas. So, uh, when I got sick, I basically had to just—I uh, had an allergic reaction. I just had to deal with it and hope that it went away because. Uh, you know, about here on the road, you're basically going to put yourself in a massive debt if you get any health care because your insurance uh, only covers stuff in network. So, oh, you know, I, I never thought about that until your story, but yeah. you're perpetually out of network, right? How could you possibly be yeah. in network? You live in the state of Washington, you're a truck driver, you're in the middle of Kentucky. So, if you go to take mm-hmm. care of any, any ailment you have, you're going to be immediately bankrupted. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, you know, you don't really have a lot of options. Being a truck driver is a really difficult life. Um, people don't realize how uh, how miserable uh, like it is to be a truck driver. How poorly we are treated as workers. Um, you know, we are given three days off per month, if that. Um, you know, we're we're paid. You know, probably between thirty to, to fifty grand a year, depending on uh, your job. You have to be away from your family, away from your friends. Um, you're completely excluded from the political process because if you get three days off per month, what are you going to do with that? You're going to go to the doctor, you're going to go to the dentist, and you're going to get ready to leave. And that's it. That's all you got. Um, you don't have time to go to, to meetings or protests or do anything in the political process. So you, we are just completely excluded. And I think it's about time we had some representation. All right, by the way, the website is joshua2020.com, joshua2020.com. 
and obviously down below in the description box if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook, we'll have the links so you can click on these and check out his website and figure out how to volunteer and donate, etc. So Joshua, how's the campaign going since we last talked? It's going pretty good. We have uh, well over a thousand volunteers. Um, we have only accepted online donations so far, and we're at about forty-four thousand dollars. Over two thousand donors, um, which is pretty unusual. Um, I haven't made a single phone call, <laughs> um, and we are uh, we're about to start like ramping things up. We have uh, a campaign kickoff coming at the end of next month, and if people sign up, even if you don't live in my district, you can help with this. Um, we are running a modern campaign, and it's going to be unlike anything anyone has ever seen before. We are going to do things that no one has ever tried, and we are going to not only defeat Denny Heck, but we're going to start a movement. So, Joshua, uh, real quick. Sorry, yeah, you cut out for a second, but I, I wanted to ask you when you say you're going to try things like that no one's ever seen before, what do you mean? Well, um, <laughs> Okay, I'll announce it here. Um, we're gonna knock every door in district in a week. And we're gonna do that next summer, right before the primary starts. And uh, if you wanna be involved in this, go ahead and sign up at joshua2020.com. Uh, it's gonna be a pretty exciting event. And uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something no one's ever tried before. And uh, we are gonna do it, we're gonna pull it off. We have the people um, you know, we have a lot of dedication from a lot of volunteers, and we're going to pull off something no one has ever done before. Yeah, guys, you know, there's a chant if you've ever been to a, a, one of these uh, progressive protests, this is what democracy looks like. Well, in a sense, this is what a revolution looks like when you get thousands of people in each district saying, I've had enough of our corrupt politicians who take endless corporate money, they don't care about us. When's the last time Denny Heck knocked on a door, right? And instead, people say, hey, you know what? I'll take that 26-year-old truck driver instead, and I'm gonna make sure that he wins and Heck loses so we can have a clean, uncorrupted politician. And you're not playing. I mean, everybody always says, "Oh no, hey, you don't understand. In order to be sophisticated, you've gotta be a centrist or a conservative or pro-corporate. You say you're gonna be the left of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> How are you gonna do that, by the way? <laughs> Um, well, the nice thing about Bernie Sanders is even though I was pushing for, you know, erasing medical debt and student loans and a bunch of other stuff, I feel like he's, uh, willing to meet, uh, my generation where we are. Um, and he's just waiting for us to, uh, uh, push for these things. Um, I, I think the farther left you go, the closer you get to the people, because the more people's needs you're representing, the more people you're going to help. And you know, if you're going to be a socialist, uh, do it openly and be strong about it. Don't run away from it because I think I think there's a um, a tendency for people to you know waffle on a lot of issues. And when people hear capitalists, especially my generation, they turn around. When they hear someone saying they're anti-war instead of anti-imperialist, they turn around. They walk away. And so I'm just running the most progressive far left socialist campaign that I can. Uh, my platform is as far left as it gets. Um, I, am, I am a democratic socialist, a real one. Um, I oppose capitalism. You and I might disagree on that. Um, and you know, I, I wanna get real change and real like actual reforms to happen in this country. I wanna change the way our economy works 
from uh, this war economy, uh, this oil, dirty oil economy, to a peace economy that is uh, based on green energy and that puts workers uh, above the needs of corporations. All right, Joshua Collins running strong. That's what I like. Uh, so yeah. that's what happens uh, when you don't take legalized bribes. All right, go get them, brother. I appreciate you coming on again, Joshua2020.com. What this show does is it gives a voice to outsiders. Everybody else on in the media loves giving voice to the insiders. They've got plenty of voice. Joshua, uh, uh, we appreciate your efforts and we appreciate you being an American and participating in the process. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Bye. All right, uh, when we come back, another progressive candidate. They can't get rid of us. We'll be right back. All right, back on the Young Turks. Joining me now is Robert Emmons Jr. running for Congress in Illinois' first district. We got a theme today, 26 year olds running for office as progressives. Robert, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me, really excited today. Uh, no problem. Uh, Robert, you're, gonna, you're trying to do something that even Barack Obama couldn't do, which is defeat Bobby Rush. Uh, so that's literal, Obama ran against Bobby Rush in a primary in 2000 and got crushed, lost to him by 30 points. So uh, what's different this time around? How, how are you gonna beat uh, the Democratic incumbent in this race? Yeah, I think, well, like I said, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Uh, and you started it off perfectly uh, by taking us back to 20 years ago when President uh, Barack Obama ran against Bobby Rush. He said that Bobby Rush represented a reactive style of politics and he no longer represented the resilience of the community. And that was 20 years ago. Uh, so you can only imagine what the last 20 years have looked like in this district. Um, in a district that's a, a really democratic uh, district, we need a champion for progressive values. And right now we got a bystander. Uh, so to, to beat Bobby Rush um, in particular, we begin, we have to show the, the, the constituents of the first district exactly where he's gone wrong. Uh, for example, uh, he called the Green New Deal a smashing grab which should come at no surprise to constituents um, in the first district or our Americans across the country uh, because he's taken money from the fossil fuel industry. In fact, 10% of the money he's gotten on cash on hand has come from the fossil fuel industry. And he sits on the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, so he has some special dirty interest uh, that's influencing his behavior. Uh, and then also just showing more historical precedents of, of what he's done wrong to hurt this district like voting for the, the disastrous 1994 crime bill, and then 25 years later, still supporting policies on the local level uh, that exasperate vicious cycles of poverty, uh, and, and in that case, violence in our community. Uh, so it's an education piece, and it's also really just hitting the ground and out organizing, uh, out organizing Bobby Rush, uh, 10 to 1. So, Robert. Um you know, uh, Washington is scandalized when you point out uh, how much money that Bobby Rush is taking from the oil and gas industry. Um, yeah. are, are you saying that that might be connected to his votes? Um, absolutely. I mean, you you are you are loyal to who's getting uh, who you're taking money from. That's why our campaign is not taking a single dime from a corporation or the fossil fuel industry or the pharmaceutical industry. Our only loyalty is to the people, and that message has been really resonating. Uh, with the people of the first congressional district uh, of, of Illinois, because for the first time in a lot of our lives, we we feel like there's uh, there's actually some reinvigoration happening in the first district, um, and we are starting to see that hope. 
uh, that Obama promised us 20 years ago when he ran. Uh, we're actually starting to realize it within this campaign, and uh, and we're leading by example. And what we've been saying is, uh, we're giving the keys to the house back to the people, uh, and 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 folks really like that. I mean, it's been pretty special. Uh, it's just this energy in in this uh, in, in this time that I haven't felt in my lifetime, and and many folks who who've supported our campaign are saying the same thing. And these are the same people that supported Barack against Bobby 20 years ago um, and supported Mayor Harold Washington because uh, he was also uh, a congressman in the 1st Congressional District. So, um, so a- absolutely, absolutely. Harold Washington was a legend and then became Chicago's first black yes. mayor. Uh, and, and so that's a story district that you're running in. Uh, and uh, is there a little bit of irony here, Robert, that uh, Barack Obama ran against the Democratic incumbent just like you are, but yet the Democratic Party is now punishing anyone who would work with you and blacklisting uh, all companies that would ever help you. If they had done that 20 years ago, they would have blacklisted Barack Obama, wouldn't they? Um, absolutely, and then I just wanna point out some more history. Um, Bobby Rush actually primaried uh, 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 then representative Charles Hayes. Uh, so he got a seat by primarying a Democrat. Um, because he believed that the people of the first congressional district deserved better than what they had um, in 1990. And that's the exact same thing we're doing right now. We're saying that the first congressional district of Illinois deserves a champion for the Medicare for all and a Green New Deal and a living wage and universal pre-K, uh, not someone who's barely showing up to vote. Uh, we need someone who's, who's representing the resilience and the spirit of the first congressional district's people. Uh, so, so absolutely, um, it's it's a disservice to democracy to say that people shouldn't be challenging uh, the powers that be if they're not acting in the interest of the people. Uh, so I'm not waiting for somebody to send me or give me permission to fight for my community. Uh, when I talk about making this the very last generation to be faced with everyday gun violence, it's, it's something that's personal to me. Uh, and nothing's going to stop this movement uh, from, from being able to achieve that goal because there are actual lives on the line. Yeah, Robert, it's almost as if the people who made the rules about how you shouldn't challenge the powerful were themselves yeah. powerful. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. funny how that works out. A little, little, it must have been my own accident or something. Yeah, <laughs> another coincidence. Another coincidence, coincidence in Washington. Coincidence. All right, Robert, uh, why did you decide to run for office? You're a young guy, uh, you could have done anything. Uh, why did you decide to do this? Yeah. Um, so prior to 2015, uh, as a social innovator and a gun violence prevention advocate and working with nonprofits around, around the country, um, a lot of the work I was doing to, in my eyes, solve the problem of gun violence was uh, banning, assault white, uh, banning assault weapons and background checks and closing gun show loopholes, which are all critical. Uh, but in 2015, I lost a best friend and college roommate to gun violence. Um, and that changed my entire life, um, unfortunately. Um, and it was, it changed my life because his death was, unfortunately, statistically speaking, uh, predictable. It was predictable because he was living in a, a system that failed him at every single turn. Like our education system, our economic system, our criminal justice system all failed him. Uh, but his death was also 100% preventable. Uh, and that's why I've rededicated my entire life towards being a part of the solution and really getting to the root causes of gun violence, like systemic poverty, uh, like not having access to, to education and higher education and reforming a, a extremely corrupt uh, criminal justice system. Uh, so that's a lot of the work I've been doing since uh, 2015 was really has been about getting down to the root causes 
of gun violence and then saying and putting actual tactical solutions to ending everyday gun violence and talking about what everyday gun violence is um, and how we can actually solve it as a nation. Uh, yeah. So I think overall, that's the, that is the biggest reason to why I decided to run for Congress was to make sure that we were bringing what activists have been saying for decades um, in, in Chicago, bringing that to Washington, D.C. Um, and when I think about a lot of the progressive values that, that I fight for and progressives all across the country fight for, uh, like reforming our criminal justice system, like gun violence prevention, like access to higher education, all of these things, all of these, all of these problems and salute, therefore the solution disproportionately impact black men under the age of 35 years old. Yet we don't have a single member of Congress that fits this demographic. So that means we're missing a key voice in Congress, a, a voice that, that is going through the things that I'm advocating for and have friends and family members who have, are, are suffering these barriers. And then more importantly, not just being a problem solver, but having the ability to solve these, uh, excuse me, not, not being just a problem identifier, but also being a problem solver uh, to put real solutions to these big issues that we're facing. So Rob, real quick, uh, what, what are the types of criminal justice reform that you would advocate for if you were in Congress? Yeah, we, we have to abolish private prisons. Uh, nobody should profit off of people being incarcerated. Uh, we have to ban the box, quote unquote, for job applications and FAFSA. So that way, after someone gets out of, of, of prison, uh, they have an, an equal shot at, at upward mobility, and they're not forced to go into the same things that they that got them into the system in the first place. Uh, so these are some of the hallmark uh, uh, pieces of, of, of po- cultural shifts and policies that I would advocate for uh, when we get to Congress. And that's how we re- we reduce recidivism rates, and we can actually begin to build our, our, our communities up in a sustainable way. Like I said, Bobby Russ voted for the disastrous 1994 crime bill, which militarized and criminalized dis- already disinvested in communities. I mean, and 25 years later, he's still supporting policies that, in an effort to reduce crime, uh, does the exact same thing that the 1994 crime bill does. That means he hasn't learned his lesson uh, and he hasn't learned from that mistake. Uh, so we need to completely rethink how we solve crime. And then really, again, getting back to the root causes of why somebody would even commit a crime and then addressing those problems holistically. Um, that's what's going to actually reform our society um, and begin to reform our criminal justice system. So uh, finally, Bobby Rush has had that seat uh, since you've been alive. Uh, you're 26 years old and he's had the seat for yeah. 26 years. Uh, so how are you going to beat him? It's obviously going to be an uphill battle. How are you going to pull off something that even Obama couldn't do? Yeah, well, I, I thank the, the president so much for all of the work he's done um, in, in his life and inspiring me um, in so many different ways. I, I worked for the Obama Foundation as a consultant uh, for the last year and a half. Uh, I think what I have uh, that unfortunately Barack didn't have in 2000 is Barack. Um, have him having run in this district before has awoken a, a crowd of people um, that that see the inadequacies that that exist in the first congressional district, and more importantly, see what we can be uh, when we bring our communities together. Uh, so, a lot of the people that helped Barack Obama out in 2000 uh, and in 2004 and in 2008 um, are are on our board of directors on our campaign and have been public supporters of our campaign. Uh, making sure that uh, that we are really shaking things up and building a movement that is sustainable um, to take on someone who should be a champion of progressive values but isn't. 
Uh, so we we have all of the all of, a lot of the support that Barack had in 2000 uh, now helping us out. And then it's also people power, um, investing in and in organizing. Uh, when I was thinking about building out my team, uh, I wanted to make sure I was bringing it on organizers. So we have more organizers from the Sunrise Movement on our team, and we have organizers from March for Our Lives, um, and in other campaigns on our team. And we're we're fighting and we're shaking things up. And there, like I said, like there's this energy right now um, in the first congressional district that I have never experienced before. And a movement has become so much bigger than me. Uh, and that's when you know that a movement is real and sustainable and powerful. Uh, and Fred Hampton once said, uh, you can kill the, the revolutionary, uh, but you can never kill the revolution. And that's so true about this campaign uh, and the magnitude in which we've been thriving. And I know we're going to win in 2020. Well, uh, the revolution survives. Uh, it's all over the country. Uh, Robert's a part of it. RobertEmmons.org. Robert, I assume you don't take corporate PAC money? No, we absolutely will never take corporate PAC money. All right, so you see how you can donate and volunteer if you're watching later on YouTube or uh, Facebook. Make sure you click on the links down below in the description box. RobertEmmons.org, uh, finishing the job that Obama started uh, 20 years ago. I uh, love the energy. And by the way, Robert outraised, uh, even with no corporate bank money, Bobby Rush in the first quarter this year. So uh, from what I hear, uh, yes, we can. Uh, yes, so. we can. We're fired up. We're fired up, Zach. Let's do it. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us on The Young Turks, Robert. Really appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank right. you. No problem. We do outsiders here. All right, for all of you who are members, uh, we got a fun post game coming up for you guys. TYT.com slash join to become a member. We'll see you there.